This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Some of the topics are addiction, fear, faith, self-compassion, relationships, codependency, emotional intelligence, and more. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. is what's needed in humanity's soul to create a completed feeling of whole. If love is tangible, anything possible. Our hearts are what's full and nothing is stopping you. Poem by Jamie Carr. This episode is about healing, resilience, courage, and non-denominational poetry in Christ. And we'll be listening to Jamie Carr, who is an author and poet. Jamie grew up an intelligent, happy child. In the first week of seventh grade, however, he began to indulge in drinking and smoking weed until the night he got into a car accident when he was 19. He was in a coma immediately. Jamie had suffered a brain injury and lost all physical mobility on the entire right side of his body. Jamie spent the next three and a half years in therapy, physical, occupational, and speech. To improve his mind, he began reading and writing daily. Knowing that he damaged his memory, he made note cards of words he didn't know while he was reading and studied them while walking everywhere. When he's not at the gym training with his friend Sid, Jamie is devoted to reading and writing poetry and reading the Bible, Newsweek, National Geographic, etc. Jamie credits writing poetry with improving his mind, and he enjoys how it taps into the creative part of his brain. After 18 years, he wrote God, a non-denominational book. Knowing that he writes poetry for Jesus, his friends informed him of an ad published by TBN. Jamie sent them a transcript on a Wednesday and received a response by Friday that they were interested in publishing his work. Now he is the only published poet by TBN. To read Jamie's full biography, please visit fitforjoy.org podcast. Here is the interview with Jamie Carr. In your own words, who is Jamie Carr? I'm a guy that 
was given a lot when he was born, and then he squandered it in high school. Then at the end of that journey of high school, I got into a car accident where I was in a coma. I was thrown into a coma for 14 weeks. Got a brain injury and needed to recover. Did so. It took a lot out of me, and, uh, and it gave me much more in response, though. So now I'm dealing with the consequences of that in my life, and I'm finding my way back to uh, normalcy through the the journey through not necessarily the journey through the maze that I've created myself. We'll talk uh, some more about that. I have a few questions for you about your story. What is the world's greatest need, in your opinion? Love. Yeah, that's. That's so true. What is love to you? Love is not usually seen visually or felt emotionally because there's too many trappings that the world created within the confines of responding to the way people act. So, but yet, love's like uh, like my grandfather who just died like a week ago. That's love, and that's. It's not usually revealed in life because you're seen as weak if you reveal yourself as a loving person, but it's what we need most. That's interesting that you say that, that it's love, uh, the expression of love, it's seen as a weakness. That doesn't make sense, right? When we think about it. Not at all. Not at all. Do you believe in God? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, who is God to you? Where and who is God? Oh, God is Jesus. So I guess my next question is, what is your relationship with Jesus on a daily basis? Uh, okay, well, when I started life, when I was four, I went to a church. So all I know is the, the state of mind. So I was guiding in the church, raising the church, and uh, like I didn't curse until fifth grade. And uh, then my life took a side I took a downturn in seventh grade until I got out of high school. And I got to the accident. It was just continually got worse and more like where I became more devious and I just did more things aimed towards myself, which were very destructive in the long term. So I think God to me is God is one Jesus as a physical being and um but also God is not focusing on self and focusing on others, which is you know, do not do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So I think it's like God is like living for other people, not yourself. And that's the best way the world would work. But it doesn't. But it would. Do we have room for self-love, do you think? Oh, yeah, of course. You got to love yourself. Everything is rooted in how you feel about yourself. Right, right. What do you think is the purpose of your life? I'm just supposed to love people and show them that, uh, that you can live in this life and love people and not be you don't have to always be out for yourself because uh your life ends up sort of destructive if that's the case like of my own before the accident my life became like a, a uh, just a, a terrible like terrible semblance of mishaps which all occurred and then the outcome was then i had to pull and it was like whew, I was screwed and I had to pick it all back up and try to make a day, make a day out of it, which was horrible. Right. Why do you think um, so many of us um, get involved into um, self-destructive methods and behaviors? 
because I believe that the world, well, America, for a while it was it was guided in the right manner, you know, because when when nothing like in the fifties, I believe it was, we took we started taking God out of schools, and then in the eighties, we got rid of seeing the Pledge of Allegiance in schools, and like so now it's like God's not even in schools, and uh, you actually get in trouble if you bring God into schools, which is which is kind of uh, crazy because we our nation was founded life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So if I want, if celebrating God's relationship with me brings me happiness, then why should it be, why should it be like not allowed? But it's not because of, uh, because of the way the media and everyone looks down upon it. So, you know, you can't really, you can't control the world, but you have to control yourself in the world, which is kind of sort of restricted now, which is not the best thing. Right. So, um, the way I hear you speak, you um, I think you connect and you connect the idea of God with uh, everything. Uh, God's everywhere. There's no separation. There's no, there's nothing that's not God, really. Yeah, of course. There's nothing. Yeah. No, exa- exactly. I created for He created everything. God lives in all things. So I mean, God is everywhere. Absolutely, and. And do you think it's possible that um, people can find, young people especially, they can find God within themselves? Oh, yeah, definitely. You said that now in schools, they don't have that outlet. They don't have this, uh, let's say, religious education. They don't teach or, or inspire young people to look for God. I'm just wondering if they can find in their own. Yeah, well, I don't know. You know, it's very hard because I was raised in a church, as I told you before, and uh, I went to, high, to grammar school and high school, and so many of my friends and my uh, and people that I was that I associated with, they they weren't raised the same way. So um, it must be harder for them because there's every outlet of society has been saturated with anti-God mentality, which took him so much more out of the out of the person that we should all have a relationship with. And because of that, I think it it, uh, it separated us from the need for him and placed like the state or placed, um, placed the um, the government in his spot, which is, that's not at all the way he should be thought of. I see. Yeah. Um, so there are more distractions these days everywhere. Oh, forget about it. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, that kind of leads us to get lost in into yeah, self-destructive um, behaviors. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I know you did therapy. What were the most significant changes that you could see after therapy? Okay, so in therapy, I immediately when I became aware and conscious again, I started physical therapy in the hospital, and occupational and speech therapy. The ones that were the most effective were, I guess, speech therapy and um, physical therapy. But I got out of the hospital and I started um, where I had to go to therapy three days a week. And they gave me these exercises to do with, with our rubber bands, like big rubber bands. And um, and they gave these exercises to me to, for me to do. But instead of doing them once, I did them twice because I know that once, see, I saw in my mind that once I create the outward persona, of not needing any help from anyone that would negate everyone's thoughts about me is connected to a negative connotation where they like, oh, he needs help. If I don't look like I need help, then I don't need help as far as the world's concerned. 
So I needed to get that back first, which is what I did. So I joined the gym as well. After nine months, I joined the gym and I went to the gym three days a week, you know, all six body parts. So back by chest, tri, shoulders, legs. And I did that consistently for, uh, I don't know, 20 years. And um, so my body came back after like five years and where no one could tell that I was disabled at all, which is where everything was rooted at because if no one sees you as injured, no one imagines that as your problem. So they're not going to look at that as your deficiency, which makes you not approach anyone in the matter where you're disabled and they're not. So that negates that as a factor. So therefore you're normal. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And exercise is great, isn't it? Yeah, it helps the mind very much. Um, let's talk about poetry. How writing poetry helped you in this process of recovery? Well, I started poetry as soon as I got home from my hospital because uh, I knew that I, need, I needed help thinking because I got the brain injury. So I needed help just thinking, connecting my thoughts with reality. And so what I needed to do is expand my brain into the places of the mind that are unseen. Like I hate, I hate, I always did hate. I hate math. I hate science. I hate it all. I hate it. It's the worst part of life is math and science. Oh my gosh, I hate it. So, um, so, but the, the world doesn't really gear your mind towards learning much aside from math and science. I mean, the whole, the English, like, I didn't know that you could be a writer. I wasn't aware of that. But, um, so, I mean, if all you're, all you're geared to your whole life is math and science and you hate it, why are you going to find any interest in it? I gave up on school because of that. And, uh, but then when I got into the hospital and I got out of the hospital and I realized that I needed a lot of help with my mind, I then wrote every day. And then after a while, after like a month, a couple of months, maybe a year or two, I figured out that I can heal myself in my mind all day if I just think, because no one sees what I'm thinking. So if I just structure my mind as to always creating poems and rhyming one one thought with another thought and creating a, flu, a, a fluidity within that, then no one will notice my mind's getting better. So that's what I'll do. So I, all the time, I was always thinking, I'd get a thought, and I, it was always, always revolved around God because I always thought about God because God saved me from so much. So every time I thought it into my head, I'd run thought with another thought. And then through that, my mind became better because I, I always needed to be alert, aware, responsive, and and I'd create a, a poem out of the thoughts in my mind. So, you know, it worked because I'm, I have no complaints about how my mind works any longer, which is where I, just where I want it to be. So I'm happy about my choices. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. But so you just inspired yourself to start writing or you read somewhere that it would help you with your mind or maybe somebody told you? Oh, no, I just knew that I knew that I needed to keep thinking. So if I keep thinking and I just have my thoughts connect in my mind, no one, first of all, no one's going to see it. It's not like you're going to therapy. So you got to take an hour, uh, three hours out of the week to go to therapy and learn and pay another person. I had no money. And I was I was disabled. I was on a, I was on state aid for a little while because I was I was the worst shape of my life. But um, yeah, so I needed to, so I just needed to in order to help myself or heal myself, I needed to constantly think. And because of that, 
I did constantly think, and no one knew that I was healing myself, but I was in my own mind. So that was, that was how it all works. That's incredible how intelligent, right? The, the body, the, I don't know, the whole being is just, it can heal itself. Yes, it's incredible, right? Yeah, it is. It's absolutely incredible. If we stop and listen, yeah, we'll, the thoughts will come to help us to find uh, the solution, whatever we're looking for in life. Exactly. It's, it's pretty incredible, yeah. How did you get published by TBN? TBN. Well, I wrote a book for Jesus called The Non-Denominational. I gave it to him and I said, God, I'm not selling it. I'm not a salesman. You do it all because I'm not doing it. So it just stayed on my shelf for a little while. And then TBN said that they'd publish if, if I showed them the work, if if the person showed them the work and they read through it and then they saw it, they'll, they'll answer you or they'll do it or not. And uh, so I, I heard it on Monday. By Wednesday, I got it all together and I sent it to them. And then by Friday, they said, yeah, we'll publish it. And I was like, wow, okay, thank you. I'm flattered. So um, yeah, they, then they published me. Yeah, and going back to what we just talked about, whatever it is, like guiding the purpose of this life, of our lives, is just guiding us to uh, to do what we're supposed to do. And most of the time, it is that connection with the unknown, or what you call God. I call the universe, I call, I have different names, the absolute, but I guess it cannot be named even, in a way. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Like, I call Jesus, because, you know... Uh, yeah, of course. Um, so let's talk about poems. Uh, you sent me about 436 of them. Thank you so much. Um, and I chose some of them to explore today um, during our conversation. So the first one I have here, you wrote in mirrors. Let's hide our faces from mirrors to forget our own reflections Let's see our own lives clearer, not dwell in imperfections. So I have two questions. Do you think that most of us suffer unnecessarily because we give too much attention to our physical imperfections? Yes, of course. That's what the, uh, the whole world dwells on, what it can see. It doesn't care about your mind. It doesn't care about your thinking. It cares about what it can see. So like, you are judged upon the way you present, the way yourself is presented to the world. So that's why everything is based on how you look, how how pretty they are, how, how good, like how, everything is based on, on how good you are at it. Nothing is based just because I love you, so I'm just going to give you a chance because I love you. It's, that's not, it's how much money can you make me? You know, so it's like, it's, it's, a, it's, 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 it's value. Your value point is based on a, the facts that are irrelevant in God's sight. Hopefully not everyone thinks that way. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> uh, but I guess you're right about that illusion, right? That the physical body is everything and striving to look better, to be healthy all the time. and yeah, A lot of judgments and all that. So in your opinion, how can we learn to appreciate ourselves more beyond the physical body? How do we learn to, to appreciate ourselves? Yeah, beyond the physical body. Well, because God made us all equal. So take that and know that no matter how I look, it doesn't matter. But it, it matters that God loves me. So once I take that, I should take that and translate that to now because of that fact that God loves me. 
I'm gonna now spread my arms out and give it to others because God loves me already. So I'm that that's taken care of. Now I'm gonna go and love other people because he loves me so much and he died and crossed me. So because of that, I'm going to go out and love someone else because that's the indebtedness in my system, which I feel I should go out and live for other people. So I'd be sort of wasting my life if I didn't live for other people because he's given me this life to give to others. So I, I feel like I should do that. Yeah, uh, it makes a lot of sense to me. All the work I do, all the people that I talk to and throughout my life, even the most meaningful, wise, uh, loving people, they are all in this um, path of helping others. Yeah, it's all about, it's about you, not me. And once you think that way, it changes your mind about everything. Because I'm not important. If I think I'm not important, then everyone else gets the importance. And that changes my whole life because if I'm not important, I don't care about me. I care about you. When I see you doing good, that, that gives me more joy and satisfaction than anything else could I could imagine. So that changes your perspective, you know? So that's great. Mm. And also when we um, witness suffering, people suffering then kind of ignites uh, compassion oh my gosh that's the worst yeah the suffering right yeah right lately i have been experiencing more this feeling of loss like people died a friend of mine died recently what would you say to somebody like a mother who just lost her daughter or her son I'm not sure of everyone's relationship with everyone else, so I can't base it upon that judgment. But I know that for, uh, it says in the Bible, for, us, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Because he did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. But whoever stands, whoever does not believe in the son stands condemned already, because he did not believe in the son of God, the one of God sent. That's not word for word, but that's just what I would what it's basically getting at. So if I know that God loves me and he gave his own kid for me and he was separated from his kid for three days because you know, he died on the cross, buried in the tomb and raised on uh, the Sunday. If that were the case, that God loves me that much to give up his own, his own blood for me, how much does God love me? So that changes everything. So once you come to, to the world with that mindset, it flips everything on its head and you don't think the way the, like, you don't think the, way the world wants you to think. Because the world wants you to think like, what can I gain? How, can, how much can I make? Everyone is worthless. All I need is more money because that's the only thing that's important in life. But that's the opposite of the truth because there's nothing important about money. All you, all you should be worried about is not worried. All you really should be some concerned about is what you're going to eat the next meal. And that's all, you know, because no, nothing else matters. What else matters? If you, have a, you should have a roof over your head and eat, if you eat and have a roof over your head, you're good, you know? Right, right. I'm wondering how this understanding can um, ease the suffering in the hearts of those who have lost, uh, who lose people that they love. Do you think that your understanding can help them? Oh, of course. Well, you know what? I, it's going to hurt. Loss hurts, you know? Loss is the worst thing in the world because it's just, it's based on this life. And all we, all we can understand from this life and the side of life is that life hurts we're all going to die. See you later. That's that's all the life can bring you. We're all going to die. See you later. Good luck, you know. I don't know what's next, but, you know, maybe you're going to find some peace, but, you know, whatever. I don't care. you got to understand this, too. The devil rules the world. 
it says in the Bible, the uh, the ruler of the air, who is Satan. He was traveling around looking for someone to confuse. So he's just he's look he's walking the world trying to confuse people. And right now it's so easy because the media is like hell. The media gives him um he just wants to um confuse everyone, make everyone hate everyone else, like black, white, Spanish, Mexican, you know, tacos, quesadillas. He wants everyone to hate everyone. But why? All I want to do is love you because you're my brother. I want to hug you because you're my brother. And that's that's why why am I forced that all this crap from the news when no one's loving anyone and everyone's angry at everyone else? What the hell? What the hell is that? I don't want to see that. So I don't even watch the news anymore. I can't. I haven't watched the news in like 15 years. I'm done. That's really great. I like what you said. You live for this moment and you're not really concerned with what's going to happen um, after we die or life after death. Oh, yeah. Well, you can't be, you know, for God, once you know that God loved the world so much that he gave his only son, that anyone that believes in him is not going to die, but have everlasting life. That's like that puts life into a whole different perspective because it doesn't matter what I think. The guy that made everyone and everything in the world, the world as it is right now, the guy that made it all, loves me enough to kill his son for me. In order to redeem me, in his eyes, he had to kill his own son in order to, to, to redeem my name. And once that occurred, you know, 2,000 years ago, but once that occurred, I could be saved forever from going to hell because of that. It's like, I don't think there's anything better that you can believe in life aside from that because that's that answers every question. And that crosses all the T's and dots all the eyes. You know, that, that's it. So once you know that, you're good. Live for other people. Right. And we never die. And we never die. We, that's the crazy part. Because I'm never... And whoever believes, you know, you, you believe in Jesus, you're never going to die. That's um, that's beyond my imagination, you know? Like, yeah, no, that makes sense to me. That's, that's so crazy, but it's so real because... Yeah, it's not crazy at all, though. That's uh, it's the opposite. Uh, thinking that's crazy. It's the most sane thing that we could possibly think is that oh, yeah. we're all going to live forever. Yeah, yeah, that's clarity. That's right, Jamie. That's clarity because, you know, God says, I'm going to save you because I died. Once I died, you were redeemed through trusting me. All it does is, all you have to do is believe in me, and you're saved forever. So make a choice. And there's no perfection. No one's perfect. We're all just humans. You know, I'm still, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave this conversation, and I'm still gonna like girls. I'm still gonna want to, you know, I'm still gonna, I'm still gonna want money. I'm still gonna want all these things in the world. But I'm saved from my, from my dependence on them because I realize that there's nothing in them but lust of the eyes and and lust of my gains but things that I can I can make like money you know because none of that matters because it doesn't matter once you get past once you get past feeling for those things in the world that are going to die anyway uh, then it changes everything because everything's going to die exactly yeah smoke and mirrors yeah um, not that there's nothing wrong um, in having money, prosperity, and loving people, like being with somebody you love and marrying that woman. And that's, I don't believe in the devil, but I do think that thoughts are just um, very unreal. They come and go, and it's very dangerous to attach to them, to believe them all the time. Yeah, thoughts are just extrapolations in our mind about fears. So we can base, we base all our fears upon our thoughts. But 85% of the thoughts that we have in our mind as fears, maybe 15% of them come true. And so why are we going to fear them? 
Yeah, it makes so much sense. And I think we have to be more aware of um, what we expose our minds to. But try to practice that, like focus on things that are, has to do with love, has to do with peace. It's powerful, yeah. In the On the Train poem you wrote, never again we will speak and it is all in good times. But inside I am complete because I'm no longer blind. And then my question is, what do you mean exactly by inside I am complete and also I'm no long, longer blind? Well, I've seen, I saw the most beautiful, you know, I see beautiful women all over the place. And uh, I think it's great because God is amazing having made people so attractive that he can make girl like once I'm like, once I've seen this girl, I was like, oh my gosh, I need nothing else. I'm ready to die because I've seen you. You know, so like, it's very corny, but I just, I saw her on the train and I, I, started, I wrote a poem right away. And uh, yeah, because she was the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. But then again, that was years ago and I've seen so many more since then. So, so when you say inside I'm complete, that means you, that's your connection with God that makes you know that wholeness? No, it's, it's, that's more of a connection to like what God created on huma in humanity. I've seen the most beautiful thing of that creation. So because of that, because of that, I'm no longer blind. So like now my eyes are open because I've seen the most beautiful person that God created. You know, so it's like a category. It's, it's just genuine. God expressing himself through you. The poem that you wrote called After Can Be Fears. You talk about helping others to avoid self-destruction. And it seems to me like you're questioning if you could have helped some people before tragedy happened. Do you think that you can help or we can or even prevent, save others from self-destructive habits? Oh, yeah, of course. Let's just show them love. Showing them that people are loving and caring, like to helping them along the way, that could change so much in someone's life. Like if someone is going to like not kill themselves, but they're going to make a, a bad, destructive decision in their life, but you, you help them out and you guide them in another, in another way and just support them and give them like, give them confidence, give them a boost and like a, 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 a feeling of love and acceptance that could change their whole day and could, could align them with positive thoughts for the rest of their life just by bumping into you so you got to make the best impact you can everyone you see and know because you could create a whole fresh new life for someone if you do the right thing it's like my that's is a good example for that i have a godson and he's uh 19 now 18 19 and uh i just i grew up with him i was always at his house and i was just always with him all the time like as much as i could a couple days a week i was over there hanging out like i'm talking like from, when he just got home from the hospital until 19, 18 years old, when he got out of, oh, and he graduated school a year early because he hated it so much. So he graduated a year early. So it's kind of funny. But, um, but yeah, he went, he's, he's a, he's a Marine, not a Marine. He's in the army and he got out of school a year early. He has a girl that he's going to marry. And, uh, he's, and he, uh, he thanks me and he, me and his father, we, we helped him out because, you know, like his parents split up like mine. A lot of people, you know, more than half of America's parents went up. So, but I know that he just needed someone there to talk to him. So I was always there to just talk to him, just understand him, and, or not even understand him, just under, understand that he has thoughts and I can hear them and like maybe guide him in the right way, the right direction after he shares those thoughts with me. 
which I, I'm grateful because he um, he had like he's just he turned out such a good kid. Now he's in the army. He's in the Mary's girl from high school. She's in the army too. So you know, because I had such an impact on that kid's life, I feel like okay, this is a good thing. I I I, I, uh, I paid it forward, you know. So that so that was a great thing. A very good thing, absolutely. So you talk about love, the love can save lives. And you also talk about acceptance. Um, acceptance is really powerful, isn't it? Yeah, especially self-acceptance. I think a lot of the problems we have, uh, self-destructive habits and behaviors, usually connected to not accept, accepting ourselves. Yes, that's huge. Because uh, like it, everything's, everything's rooted in accepting ourselves. And everything branches out from that. So it's it's first you accept yourself and then you're so much easier on other people because you believe that you're okay. So because I'm okay, I can show this guy that no matter what no matter what he's doing, no matter what he's up to, no matter what he's about, I can accept him and love him and show him the uh, positive outlook because of the fact that he's a person and you know, God made him just like me, different unique. So if I don't accept him and love him, what does that say about myself? Self-acceptance is self-love, right? <laughs> True. There's the other poem that I selected because it was connected to this idea of perfection. Uh, it's called His Cross. You wrote, it is not about perfection that what we can't attain, we are bound to face rejection that logic won't explain. So my question is, is there anything perfect about the human existence in your opinion the ability to love right just love the ability to love yeah like we can love people and within that ability we're going to fail them and we're going to fail ourselves but we get the love is genuine so because because we can love them and show them that we accept them no matter what and are always ready to re-accept them back into our lives because we love them that's showing the true motive of love and showing the reason why you shouldn't love because you can always accept someone back into your life. And that's, uh, that's I think, the issue. Is the love you speak of unconditional? Of course, yeah. It has to be. Do you love yourself unconditionally? Yeah, absolutely. Wow. That's the most powerful thing a human being can say, I think. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess so, right? It's the most powerful thing, no doubt yeah, about it. it. It's, it's pretty, uh, pretty life-changing. Yeah, because now you have forgiven yourself, you just accept everything that you have done, and you just flow with life and just uh, knowing that good and bad is part of this uh, existence. Like you said, there's no perfection, there's just the experience in the human body. Yes, exactly. Um, what kind of projection do you think causes the most pain? What kind of projection? Of a rejection, I'm sorry. Rejects, okay, um, rejection causes the most pain. I don't know, I guess that varies with every person. Because every individual comes at life from a different perspective, with different backgrounds and different life experiences. And each one of those experiences will be taken however the mind of that person wants to take them, or however, however the individual's mind is geared to take all the and also, as with the relationships which they've gained those experiences in, is altered in every person. So, like, the way they're going to accept them must be different. And the way that it's going to affect each person is going to be to a different degree. 
So that's like, that's a complex question. For you, what kinds of rejections were the most, the hardest ones to, uh, to deal with? Once in my old church, I was like rejected by the pastor and like it was a hardcore rejection. I was like, whoa, that's brutal. But listen to this. This is the great part about it. Through that rejection, I found another church. I found a breakfast that I do in Manhattan every Saturday morning where I go and I feed the homeless. I help, uh, I help a church called Father's Heart and uh, we help the church out. I help the church out. And I've got a family that, like a family that's, because I've been doing it for about six years. I found a family through that church, aside from my own family. And for, um, we give breakfast to the homeless and the disenfranchised. And I do it every week. And we get them breakfast and I walk on the line. So I talk, so I have a, like a whole slew of friends, like up to 800, 900 friends. And, um, you know, I, I talk to like a specific number of them, but, um, you know, I wait, I talk to all of them, but, uh, you know, I have like friendships with a specific number of them. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's great to be like, just to have those relationships and show people that they're all appreciated and they're all loved and God loves everyone. So that's, um, that's the best thing about it, yeah. Right. So sometimes out of a, a rejection, something that might seem negative, something great happens, right? Something beautiful happens. Yeah, like everything. Like that's because of that rejection through that one situation. That like it birthed whole. I went to a new church. I found new friends, and like my life just expanded dramatically through that. So, um, so I needed to suffer that in order to break my my dependence on my past and focus instead now towards my future, which is, you know, it's untold because it's just, it's growing every day. So it's amazing. Wow, yeah. So I guess from what I hear from you, I, I hear two lessons. One, not to take anything too uh, seriously or personally. And the other one, sometimes what God wants for us it's um, not exactly what we want, right? But what we need, perhaps. Um, so we're almost at the end of our conversation. And I have like so many more poems that I wrote here, but the conversation got very interesting. I have way too many questions for you that I won't be able to ask, ask you in this interview. But who knows, maybe you'll be with me again in the near future. So let me go through one more poem. The Let me see. Yeah, I'll go through my notes here. Lied to. In Lied to, you wrote, The tears in my eyes are comprised of my fears, partly from the lies that defied what was clear. So uh, my question is, what are you afraid of these days? Um... I'm afraid of, I work at a job sanitation and now I want to leave it because now I'm 41 and it's different than when it's 25. So I'm, uh, I'm going to, I'm afraid most of getting hurt because I work with some guy. He's a loser. He's a bad person. This guy Frankie. And, um, yes, yeah, so now I just want to, uh, I've got to leave that job. So I'm going to, but I just need to get another job. And so I'm going to go to a hospital and work as a, as a, um, transport. And also, I'm going to be um, home health aide, but now I'm in the transfer point between the two. So, um, so I need to like work these next couple of weeks, months with um, 
with the expectation of better things that are going to come. So, but I just got to get out of uh, sanitation first, then I'll be okay. Yeah. So how many of these fears are really real? Do you think, Harvey? We just talked earlier about that these fears are not real. Yeah. How many, ask yourself the same question, you know, I mean, how many, how many things that you were scared of actually came to be? Mm, very right, few. Right. Very, very few. So true, Jamie. And but it doesn't take away the experience of feeling fear. <laughs> but it's part of the human experience. So we've got to make the best of it. Exactly. Because you know, it's um you can't make it perfect. And if you do, then then there's something that's wrong with that being perfect. You know, there's there's something that's not right about it being perfect. Because you gotta experience life at all its costs and you gotta like you gotta envelop it and like you can't expose negative from something negative that happens you gotta expose positive or you gotta you have to respond positively to a negative thing because otherwise you lose you can't lose life you can't lose yeah that's that's important right you can't lose you can't die right yeah you can't i mean you know death we have no sale but you could you could always aim yourself in the right direction to to living so always make the right choice to what's going to make me live another day i'm going to choose that rather than jump off the bridge you know this when the uh, when the choices are pretty pretty when the choices are pretty obvious it's hard it's good to choose the, the positive outcome rather than the negative one but that 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 also mixed with you gotta you gotta not be wrapped up in like like drinking doing drugs they make they 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 lessen your immune system to the negative which brings you down the wrong roads so, you know, you should try to avoid drugs, try to avoid um, things that lead to bad things are, um, are the most destructive things in your life if you allow them the power. Right. Yeah, I like that. Just being aware of the things that will lead us into, um, will, will lead us to end the experience of, of the body. So um, it doesn't seem like a, a wise or godly decision, right? Yeah, exactly. You got you got to you got to be you got to be as wise as you can. Yeah. I I love that concept. I know it's an idea and most people um for most people that's not um uh, a possibility. It's kind of hard to know, yeah, why things happen the way they do. But you know what? You got to take that. You got to take you have to take every individual in, individual experience and you need to turn it into a learning mechanism which has which helps you make better decisions in the future or else this it was a loss of time if not and you can't lose time because all you got so true wow so you gotta you gotta take you gotta empower every moment to create a wiser person within you and therefore that's gonna that's gonna expand your life in the future because you're already you're wiser and wisdom is the most wisdom is the most important thing oh my god and that is so true what you said for those who are open right and ready to, yeah, um, yeah, exactly. To such an adventure of self-knowledge, and yeah. Uh, what is the best part of writing poetry? Well, it, it gets your thoughts out. It gets my thought, like something inside me. It, it doesn't take me that long to create a poem, maybe like ten minutes. But um, yeah, just whatever, whatever's bothering me, or whatever there's like some fuss in my spirit about during that day or that time in my life, it comes out in the poetry. And when I'm at the end of it, I'm like. I could read back through it, and I'm like, "Wow, that's pretty awesome." That pretty much like I basically like 
expose myself and solve my own problems in the confines of the home without even thinking of it. You know what I mean? So Right, right. Writing, it's so it's so powerful. Yeah. I I absolutely believe in writing as one of the methods to make positive and healthy chains and choices. Writing is one of these methods, no doubt about it. Yes. Because it, it, it feeds off your soul. Yeah, right. Isn't that interesting? For some reason, yeah. Yeah, it's like because all the all the the all the mind that you use for writing and to express your emotions is just it's all taken from experiences in your soul that your body has went through. So as you're writing, you expose yourself to the feelings of all of those of all of those experiences. And putting it through in writing, and it just it, it puts you in a better understanding of yourself and your emotions, which is never really dwelled on in this world because no one thinks about like, why do you feel this way? No way. It's like, what do I want now? I want a Jetta. I want a Porsche. You know, but that does nothing for your soul. And a lot of the times, about numbing the emotions, the feelings with alcohol, drugs, and all these distractions, right? Exactly. It's all about numbing. That's the world. The world is a numb tool. It's just, what can I do to get myself to not think where I can better my life? How can I numb myself to such a degree where I don't notice the change that I need and, and pursue the changes that I need for my life and just accept the reality for what it is and not change it to where it could be? Hmm. This is one of the reasons that I do what I do. Yeah, that's to put out there this awareness. Um, I guess also what it is self knowledge. It's a lot of work, which for me is wonderful. I love doing it. Well, it's also work. It's also work. Yeah, it's a lot of work. Like when I got done with my accident. Well, not when I got done. When I came home from the hospital for for years, I, all I did was I read the Bible. I read Proverbs. I read I read the Old Testament a number of times. I read and like Proverbs. When you read the Proverbs, like you're like, wow, it's amazing. And it just, it, it exposes basic truths to you, which you can then take a look and see into your whole life and be like, wow, that's amazing. So that's, I feel like, why not, when I chase wisdom, why not chase wisdom at its root core source, which is God? So I'm going to take it to God's level because he gave it to me in the Bible. So I'll use, I'll use the Bible to reach his state of mind that he wants me at. So I'm going to take it, I'm going to take, take it there where I understand it from a much higher perspective than humanity, because humanity is a, a base perspective of, of people. God is a much higher level, you know? Yeah, and I like the idea of the direct path, yeah, spirituality. It is, um, yeah, that's the way you call it God. Yeah, that's the, the way to become clear faster, <laughs> much, much faster than self-knowledge. Yeah, I agree with that. Although it can be fun, like writing about... Um, your emotions, uh, journaling, all that. It's fun too. And for some people, necessary uh, in the beginning. But then, yeah, what do you, you speak of? It's a more direct path. Yeah. Um, my last questions to you, they are unrelated to your to poems. I have a lot of them here, but not enough time to ask and talk about all of them. Would you like to say anything before I ask you my final questions? Um, no, I'm okay. What is another word for healing, Jamie? Peace. Peace, right. If you knew you would uh, lose the body soon, would you change anything about your life? 
if I knew I was going to lose my body soon. Yeah, I usually don't say die. Okay, if I, if I knew I was going to lose my body soon, would I change anything? No, I'm okay. I'm going to die. Hmm. You wouldn't do anything differently? Meaning what? Anything, I don't know, move from your city to another, I don't know, anything that maybe your soul maybe wanted to do. No, I'm, I'm content. I'm, uh, I'm ready to go. Wow, that's powerful too. You, you're ready to be 100% happy and satisfied and accept this life the way it is, and also to just let go of the journey. And that is incredible. Yeah. You know, it's, um, like every Saturday I do the, uh, the, the breakfast. And that's like, that's so fulfilling, you know, that's I mean, great people. My life is as good as it can be for down here for right now, the way it is, you know? Yeah, I guess I'll get married, that'd be good, but... Uh, <laughs> that's a good experience to have when it's true love, yeah, when we are... My, my. Do you believe in life after death, any kind of life after? Well, yeah, because I mean, Jesus said, God, that's why Jesus died, so he could raise me to his life and eternity, which is... I'm going to die is the is a Christian breakdown. I'm going to die from this life because God says life's like the blink of an eye. If my life is like the blink of an eye, which I can see, my life's like the blink of an eye, how much is, how long is eternity? So that puts life into perspective because if life's like the blink of an eye, eternity is forever. Why would I, how could I not approach that reality with a note, with a conviction? Yeah, I like that. Going back to... The eternal reality. That's the return to it. Well, I mean, it's always here anyway. I think it never went anywhere. <laughs> we never went anywhere. <laughs> it's right here, right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but we're living. We're living through this reality, which is creating our eternal reality because we're, we're gonna we're gonna live the eternal consequences of our life on Earth, in heaven, or in you know in, in death. So I feel that we should, if we know there's a plan. This eternal, an eternal plan for our lives. Why don't we approach that the way that God lets us know about it in the Bible? Because that, that'll change your whole, that'll change my whole outlook. And it did. Because when I was looking for self, I almost died, and that that shocked me. So then I saw that. So if God says all this is out there in the reality that exists beyond what's seen, how could I not live for that now that I almost lost my life once already? You know. Yeah, why not to live for unconditional love, you know, and for others, like you said, yeah, just, wow, yeah, yeah. And that's the best thing anyway. Living for others is the best thing in the world, because you're not focused on yourself. Yeah, I agree. I agree, Jamie. Yeah. Because I'm needy enough. I'm needy, you're needy, we're all needy. But but when you don't focus on yourself, it raises your life to a different level. Yeah, it puts us in touch with that eternal reality that you just talked about. Yeah, like... That godly reality. Yeah, exactly. It can be experienced. Yeah, oh, totally. Absolutely. The way of experiencing, in my way, it's it, it's not the same. I don't use the same words like God, though I do believe in the Christ mind, Christ consciousness. It's about uh, unconditional love, compassion. But... I don't use those words because I'm not religious. Religion is not part of my, let's say, this existence here now. But it's just different words. I think we're just using different words for the same thing. Yeah. Well, you know, it's not. I don't. I don't follow religion. I'm fr- I'm friends with Jesus. You know, so that's like that puts it in a different perspective. You know, because like I, I'm not I'm not religious at all because I hate religion. 
Okay, just like the what he called the the Christ consciousness, the mind. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I don't want I don't want to be religious because religion scares people away. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> separates creates separation that we don't want that. Yeah, of course, no way. So like, what I want instead is I want to know that I'm friends with Jesus and He died for me because He loves me so much, and that's like that puts life at a different level, you know. What are three things about life you know for sure as of today? Um, three things about life that I know for sure that I'm not going to die. I love, I'm half Italian and I grew up with an Italian mother, so. You know that for sure. <laughs> That's cute. I love to eat. Yeah, I, I, love, I love to eat the good food. <laughs> yeah. And I know that God loves me. Yeah, that's about it. That's all I need to know, though. Very, very good. Where can we find more information about you, your book, products, services, future projects? Oh, um, I guess you could. Are you going to have the link of my book on your? Yes, I'll have that on the podcast page. You can, I can give that information to my listeners. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess you can go by that, and uh, or you can also search. I mean, I guess you, you can go on because it's got its own page. You can go on um, Amazon search non-denominational J-Car and it's the white book. That's it. So, with the blue writing, yeah. Thank you so much, Jane, for um, oh, our conversation. You. It has been meaningful and fun. Thank you so much again. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye for Sounds now. Sounds good. Have a good day. See you later. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Jamie Carr, please visit his LinkedIn page. Search for Jamie Carr, C-A-R-R. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. I want to thank the Patreon members, Lawrence McGrath, Mark Basden, Terry Clayton, and Aidan Vickrock. Thank you again for listening, and bye for now. Bye.